0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. So glad that you are joining us for another hope-filled message. And our prayer is that you are encouraged by this powerful Sunday sermon. Oh, listen to that, the sound of connection buzzing at 9am on a Sunday morning. So good, so good. Grab a seat, grab a seat. Have a seat. What a cool morning to be in church. Pentecost Sunday. And uh I don't know about you, but man, that that worship was awesome. I was in tears a few times in worship. So I'm hoping I can hold it together to preach. I just felt the presence of God in this room today. And I think there's no doubt the Holy Spirit wants to show up, especially on a Sunday like this. He wants to every Sunday, but I think there is something significant about Pentecost Sunday. And uh you know, it's just, it's awesome to be preaching on that today, and I had a good weekend so far, Hey, oh, Yeah, Greg's eh? yeah. yeah, like, exactly. yeah, 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 the Blues, that's all he's thinking about last night. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Hey, my boy had a great game yesterday, and uh, I was thankful that last Sunday in church, I was talking with my good friend, Pastor Aroni, the pastor of rugby, coaching dad, and, uh... And I took some of, your, some of your kind words and your tips, and I went and had a yarn to my boy, and we changed a little bit in training, and then this week he got player of the day and tackler of the day. My man. So if you're here and you support Massey, unlucky, my boy just tore them apart yesterday, It's good. Proud dad, proud dad. And uh, no, you're a good man, thank you, I appreciate that. And it's funny, I was talking to my boys about Pentecost Sunday, Sunday, you know, you're driving out south here, um, I said, oh, it's Pentecost Sunday. Oh, that, that word's weird, Dad. Sounds kind of like Mentos Sunday. <laughs> and then the other one was like, yeah, Mentos Sunday sounds better. Like, well, you go to kids' church and you learn something because the end of the lesson is, it stops right here. Anyway, it's a good day, Pentecost Sunday. I just want to prophesy over today. Prophesy a filling of the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, I believe today, as we lay hands on you, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're here today, if you're dry, if you're thirsty for His presence, if you're lacking that hunger and that desire for the things of God, then that there will be a fresh filling upon you, fresh filling upon you. Just close your eyes for a moment. I pray, God. We invite your spirit here to fill people's lives today. That as we teach the word, as the scripture goes forth into our hearts, that there will be a change take place. We prophesy to dry bones that they would come alive. The dry spirits they will be filled to overflowing. For those who have never been filled with your power and your presence, by the end of the service, there will be a shift and a change. Filled to overflowing in Jesus' name. Pray for the person sitting next to us. Reveal yourself to them today in a fresh way, in a new way. Holy Spirit, we honor you on this Pentecost Sunday. Thank you for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Team, you can go. Why don't you give a team a hand? You guys are awesome. <clears throat> Pentecost Sunday. You know, today across life, we get to celebrate this awesome day. It's, a, it's an integral aspect of our Pentecostal Christianity, what we call Pentecostal Christians, spirit-filled believers, and it's one of the most significant events recorded in the Bible happened on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came down to permanently dwell within the disciples of Jesus Christ, and the church age began, it just began to take off from this day onward. So I'm going to give you a brief history lesson, and I've already asked Campbell Bond to not judge me on this. If you know, he's a great great theologian, great mind, and a uh, studier of the Word, and so I'm going to do my best to give a brief history lesson before we get into some some thoughts, for those that maybe don't know what today is. But if you go back and you read the Old Testament, you discover that Pentecost was one of the Jewish feast days, only they didn't call it Pentecost, as that was the Greek name for it. So the Jews called it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. It is mentioned in five places in the first five books of the Bible in Exodus 23, Exodus 24, Leviticus 16, Numbers 28, and Deuteronomy 16. Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of harvest. In Palestine, there were two harvests each year. And the early harvest came during the months of May and June, and the final harvest came in autumn. And according to the Old Testament, you would go to the day of celebration of first fruits. And beginning with that day, you would count off 50 days. And the 50th day would be the day of Pentecost. So first fruits is the beginning of the barley harvest and Pentecost is the celebration of the beginning of the wheat harvest. And since it was always 50 days after first fruits, and since 50 days equaled seven weeks, it it always came a week of weeks later. Therefore, they either called it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. So Pentecost in the time of the apostles was a great and grand harvest celebration. The streets of Jerusalem were clogged with thousands of pilgrims who had come from every point of the compass to celebrate the goodness of God and the bringing in of the wheat harvest. All right, that's my brief history lesson over. I'm sure there's a lot more to it. and You can get into it in your own time. I encourage you, you can, you can do your own reading, but I think that sets up Pentecost Sunday. So now prior to the day of Pentecost, the disciples were with the risen Jesus before he ascended into heaven, and he was setting the tone for what was to come. We pick it up in Acts 1.4. It says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. Do not leave. A simple act of obedience was asked of the disciples. You know, sometimes I think it's the most simplest of acts that God asks us to do, the simplest of things to be obedient to that can lead to some of the most significant moves of God in our lives. And they didn't have to go very far. Stay here, stay in Jerusalem. You know, maybe today your obedience in the move of God that wants to come into your life might look like coming to the front after the service because the the Holy Spirit is nudging you going, hey, you need to step out of your seat and go to the front and have someone lay hands on you and be filled with the Spirit. You know, one simple act of obedience, one small move, you don't have to go very far and the power of God can touch your life. Acts 1.8, this is Jesus declaring what is to come. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And there was a power coming in the form of the Holy Spirit, a power that would cause them to be witnesses of Christ, of the gospel, to the ends of the earth. Salvation is coming. So we read in Acts 2, 1 to 7. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they were asked, aren't all these who speaking Galileans? They were declaring the wonders of God in other native tongues. I don't know about you, but maybe it was actually the first ever Samoan language week. Actually, if you're someone here, why don't you just stand to your feet for a moment? Just stand up, Samoan. Samoan. Just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do something right now. Lift your hands. We're just going to pray for an anointing on your communities, that the Spirit of God go through every street of your communities, your homeland, the power of God will come, and he use each of you in a significant way? Amen. Well, let's pray. Come on, if you're sitting down, why don't you stretch your hands towards these people, you close and put a hand on them. Your Holy Spirit, we just pray right now for a fresh anointing of your power upon every psalm on in this room right now. God, we see it as a representation of a community that you want to reach with the power of God. Father, I pray that the religious spirit would go in Jesus' name. God, and a relationship spirit would come by the power of your presence. Upon every person standing here, God, we declare authority, kingdom authority would flood out of them, God, to every person in their family that they connect with, that they meet with, that there'll be a touch of heaven upon every word. God, we pray that the kingdom of heaven would break out in the Samoan communities. God, there'd be transformation. God, there'd be breakthrough. There'd be freedom. Love would be everything. Evident grace would come. We declare hope upon every street corner. Father, we pray for the homeland. God, we pray for your power. God, we pray for your blessing. God, we pray for your favor. Jesus, would you have your way? We pray for numbers and numbers of salvations. People turning back to the Lord. Signs and wonders would come to the Samoans in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Well, that was cool. <laughs> Not something I was planning to do. It's fantastic. That's what, I think that's what the Holy Spirit does when he leads you. Listen. You know, there are sig- several significant aspects as to why we celebrate the day of Pentecost, which is what we'll talk about today. There's, there's many more, but these are just some of the ones that I've picked to talk about today. And the first one is this, is that Pentecost Sunday was the fulfillment of prophecy. John the Baptist had prophesied the coming of the Lord and the filling of the Holy Spirit. He said in Matthew 3:11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And ten days before Pentecost, Jesus reiterates John the Baptist's message in Acts 1:5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of the Spirit was prophesied about in the book of Joel is referenced in Acts 2.17. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your, young, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was the fulfilling of Scripture. Powerful, fulfilling of the Word of God. The second thought is this, is that the message was the risen Jesus. What Peter preached on the day of Pentecost was this. In Acts two twenty two, it says, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. There is good news. Jesus is risen. He has conquered the grave, and that was preached on the day of Pentecost. The message of the risen Jesus. The third thing is this, that there were signs of of being filled. They began to speak in tongues by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I used to go to a church before life. I was a part of a community church, but this church didn't believe in the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I grew up in this, like, religious cult also that didn't acknowledge the Holy Spirit at all. We didn't believe that you'd be a Spirit-filled Christian. And so I what I used to do is this church that I went to, they didn't have a, a PM service, they didn't have a night service, so every now and then I used to sneak off to this Pentecostal church over on the other side of the North Shore, and I was sitting in the service, when I was sort of like, maybe three quarters of the way back, I was just sitting there, and they started talking about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and as I was sitting there, the Holy Spirit filled me, and then they got, went into worship, and then I just, I felt this, you know, like this overwhelming sense to begin to pray in another language, And I just started to speak in tongues. And I was like, and it came just like, it's like the tap was turned on. My mouth just didn't magically start turning on by itself. But there was, it was just this overwhelming sense that something had to come out of me. And then it just flowed and flowed and wouldn't stop. And this is me coming from a church where they said, it's not for today. They didn't believe it was for today. No one lifted their hands in worship. And then then I started getting hit up because I went back to my church, and I was the only one in church raising my hands in worship, but it's like I couldn't help these things going up. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with His power. Something that I was told wasn't real. But it happened to me. I wasn't, I wasn't asking for it. I guess I was inquisitive because I was like, what are these fruitcakes always saying? You know, What are they mumbling? What's going on? You know, I wasn't a young guy that had it all together. I had plenty of sin in my life. I had lots of mistakes and all that stuff. And the Holy Spirit still chose to fill me. Acts 2, 4 says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. I love that. People were just amazed. They're like, what is going on? It drew a crowd because each one of them heard their own language being spoken, and they were utterly amazed, utterly amazed. Jesus' disciples were speaking in languages they had never learned and nor spoken before. Tongues or other languages was an external evidence that they had been filled with the Spirit, but it was also a sign, I believe, of something deeper was going on. It was more than just a wow moment. Non-Palestinian Jews had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Harvest, and they were witnessing the Palestinian Jews speaking in languages that they wouldn't have learned or spoken before. It was a proclamation, a reaffirming that the gospel would go into all the world. And like it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, not just Israel, not just his chosen people, but the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. The gospel is for everybody. Pentecost Sunday is a celebration of that, a reaffirming of that, that it wasn't just for one tongue, for one nation, but for many tongues and many nations would receive the gospel. And there's also many evidences of being filled with the Spirit, known as the gifts of the Spirit, as mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, that become evident in our lives, such as wisdom and understanding. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says this, says, we have not received the spirit of the world, sorry, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. That is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words, the power of the Holy Spirit for edifying ourselves and for the edification of the church. A power that causes his kingdom to break out into our worlds, to be seen by those around us. I mean, that's why as a church, it's like we're here to impact and change our generation with the reality of Jesus. Spirit-filled, believing Christians going into the world to see people's lives changed. The next thought is this, this... They were significant because of the first converts to the Christian church that took place. Peter had preached the good news of Jesus Christ, and 30,000 people accepted the message, believed, were water-baptized, and then baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord, our God, will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Now, I think that word back then is still true today. Amen. save yourselves from this corrupt generation. We are in a corrupt world, a corrupt generation. And those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 120 people to 3,000, all because the gospel was preached through the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine what could take place if this room here was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The numbers and numbers, the generations that will be impacted, the thousands to come that will begin to know the truth, because it's something that could take place in this room today. See, Jesus' Jesus's message was also vindicated. What Jesus had promised had been fulfilled, and there were witnesses to it. Acts 2.32, God had raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses to it. Exalted to the right hand of God, He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. You know, we can be encouraged... That we serve a faithful God, a true God, a God who is true to His Word. His Word, what it says in here, He's true to it. The Word of God is truth. A God who is true to His promises, a God that delivers on what He says. Someone here, you've had a Word from God and you're wondering, will it ever come to pass? He is faithful to His Word. Don't you ever give up. You may not even see it in your own lifetime. But you've got to believe that God is true to his word. His message is true. Team, why don't you come and join me? That would be awesome. My last thought is this. The power of the Holy Spirit came down. I mean, you're probably going like, yeah, that's obvious. You've already been talking about that. <laughs> How is that a thought? The power of the Holy Spirit came down. This was the power that Jesus had promised, as we read earlier in Acts 1, where he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This power coming to the followers of Jesus was a power to be witnesses of Christ, and they were also said then to be filled with the Spirit, messengers of the gospel, You know, this word witnesses here, it comes from the Greek word martyrs. So I'd often hear martyrs, people that die for their faith. See, you will receive power, the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses, us being witnesses. Visible evidence of the filling of the Spirit is that we are empowered by the Spirit to be witnesses, to be martyrs of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Living a life before the world around us that expresses faithfulness to Christ in everything we say and in everything we do. A life that expresses a willingness to suffer, even if necessary, until death. You know, I don't know about you, but to me, that is one incredible power. That I don't think I could live that way on my own. Now, the gospel is not only to be preached to the Jews, but also to the Samaritans and to the Gentiles and to the ends of the earth. I think the same goes for us. We are to be filled with the power to witness not only to our own homes and farno, but to our city, to our nation and beyond, to our workplaces, to our schools, to our communities. We receive the filling of the power of the Holy Spirit, not just for ourselves, but so the message of Jesus Christ can spread And bring salvation to those that need it. Doesn't matter how educated or uneducated you are. Doesn't matter how qualified or unqualified you are. Whether you've been saved 50 years or 5 minutes. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to preach the good news. Acts 4 highlights this when we see Peter and John filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're speaking to the Sanhedrin. A religious council, it says in Acts 4, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unskilled, ordinary men, they were astonished that they took note that these men had been with Jesus. When you are filled with the Spirit, people will take note. He's been with the he's been with Jesus. There's something different about him at work. Look at her, there's, some, there's something different. I can't, can't put my finger on it. There's something, such a courage upon her in these meetings now. I wonder what's going on. You know? What have they been smoking on the weekend? See, my courage used to come from the bottom of a bottle. The end of a joint, taking some pee. My courage now comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't think I could do what I'm doing today without the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm I'm unschooled. I didn't finish high school. My best subjects were PE and lunch. I'm not a theologian. I try my best. I've got a terrible memory. You know, I can I find it really hard to memorize scripture. But I need the Holy Spirit. Unschool. I'll tell you what, since I've been baptized with the Spirit, there is a courage and a boldness. I'll share my testimony. When you've got, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can freely testify to what Jesus has done in your life. That's why I can tell you that I walked through being sexually abused by a family member. The reason I can stand up before people and say that is because of the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I couldn't do that before. That was locked up and hidden away in a dark place. But when you encounter the love and the grace and the power of Jesus, there's things that just take place in you that you can't change or you can't get to that place on your own. You know, when you're filled with the Spirit, you do have a deep desire, a calling to be witnesses of Jesus, of the good news. You know, maybe you're here today and you've never been filled with that power, filled with the Holy Spirit. And like it says in Acts 8, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that a moment. We're going to, everyone in a moment will stand up and worship and we'll have some of our team come out the front and if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to lay hands on you. Just simply pray and believe that the Holy Spirit would fill your life. Maybe here today in you've lost that supernatural desire for that divine purpose to go into all the world. Like the believers prayed in Acts 4, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly there's going to be a boldness come upon some people today a fresh filling of his presence that desire would rise back up in you for the things of God you know we'd love to lay hands on you and pray for a fresh filling a fresh encounter a fresh outpouring of his power just that fire to be in you and on you today in Jesus name so come on we stand to our feet everyone why don't we stand And as the team lead us in worship, if that's you, you've you've never been filled with the the Spirit before and you want to be baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, then I encourage you to come out of your seat to the team up the front. If you need a fresh infilling, a fresh touch of His power and His presence, we want to lay hands on you and pray for you as well. Now, so some of you might be feeling nervous, like what's going to happen, what's going to go on? So you just got to be yourself. You don't have to be anybody else. You don't have to force anything. You just have to have a heart that says, man, I'm willing, I'm open to be filled with this presence. And we're going to worship. We're going to spend a good amount of time lifting up the name of Jesus. Thank you, you for thank listening you. to this podcast. I trust you're encouraged by this incredibly powerful word. You know, you've always got a place to call home here at Life, and I want to encourage you to join us in one of our campuses in Auckland or Tauranga, or well, why don't you join us at Church Online. To find out more about Life and to stay connected with us, why don't you visit LifeNZ dot org